Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, this is John Veldheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com, joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. We're going to dive right into it. Obviously, we're recording um, on Sunday after, um, excuse me, Wisconsin's loss to uh, to Penn State. Uh, it was kind of the uh, the game that uh, the Badgers really kind of needed to win if they wanted to keep any hope alive of um you know, winning their their division, the Big Ten West, they really would have had to. It seems like they would have had to run the table, and they needed uh, they needed some help from Northwestern. But Northwestern beat Iowa, and uh, Purdue also lost to Minnesota. So Northwestern uh, is your 2018 uh, Big Ten West champion. I don't I don't think uh, anybody saw that coming, John. No, unbelievable. I, I really it's it's amazing. I at the start of the year, I, I would have bet my house that Wisconsin would have been right. in Indianapolis. I just thought. It was that much of a lock. Um, I, you know, not to backtrack. I don't know that I was buying the national title hype, but I, I did not uh, think this is where this football team would be at this point uh, on the schedule. Um, you know, there's a laundry list of reasons why uh, they're at this point, but um, I, I guess I'm well. I'm not surprised. You know, today waking up knowing that Northwestern is going to the title game, but. If you would have, if you would have told me that, you know, when fall camp kicked off, uh, I would have probably laughed at you. So um, I, I guess I was very wrong there. I would imagine uh, there's other people in the same boat. So I'm really glad um, like I, I said, didn't make a non-refundable deposit for a, a hotel room in Indianapolis because I was at least looking at that in August. But you know, right? And I would have told you, that, oh, that's safe. Go ahead. No, that's that's not going to be an issue. So um, maybe you know, it's better to to get that fate delivered right now and, you know, not have a drag on any longer. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess I'd be worried about what Wisconsin would look like in the big 10 title game against a team like Michigan again, or right. Ohio state. Um, you know, it just, it's just amazing how one dimensional they are. And, you know, this, I mean, we're not going to go and talk about, well, you know, I told you so I told you so to the people that wanted uh, Alex Hornerbrook benched. Um, I, you know, I, I think there was some substance there. I think people wanted to see Jack Cohn. Yeah. And, you know, this is what a quarterback looks like, you know, with his first, you know, two starts or one start or whatever it's been. Uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. I think, I think we've, you know, Wisconsin fans have taken for granted uh, quarterback play uh, that's transitioned pretty well, you know, over the last handful of years. And again, yeah. you know, Horbrook has had his shortcomings. There's no doubt about it, but, um, you know, I'm not throwing in the towel on Jack Cohn, but you know, this is this is what it looks like when you play a young quarterback who doesn't have any experience. Yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of like what you said. You know, I, I don't think we want to or need to, you know, spend too much time on the. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to rag on people that uh, you know wanted to see more consistent play uh, at at the quarterback position because I get that. You know, one of the I think one of the big reasons uh, why you know you're looking at uh, Wisconsin as a you know, a, a six and four football team right now is just the, the inconsistency uh, from quarterback and the, the passing game in general. I mean, the, the run game, um, you know, and we kind of saw this in, in the Penn State game um, yesterday is that the, the run game, like when they're on, it's really good. And Jonathan Taylor is a really good football player, um, really good running back, one of the, one of the best in the nation. Um, but that's just not enough to, uh, to get the job done against a, a team with a good defense, and especially when you're going out on the road, um, you know teams are gonna, you know, do what they can to kind of bottle you up. And I, I was looking at the, at this as I was going through, 
some of our post-game content and you know writing uh, some of our game day grade stuff you know with uh, the help of uh, Pro Football Focus. But you look at you know Jonathan Taylor was on the field uh, for 27 plays, I think, uh, out of uh, 59 offensive plays yesterday, and you know that's that's really good you know because he can make some big plays when he's on the field, but you know he has some obvious limitations in the passing game. You know he's not their best uh, he's not their best pass blocker, so you can't put him out there on third down um, and you know, it's uh, he's had chances uh, to to make some plays in the uh, in the passing game when he gets targeted, and he like a lot of um, you know Wisconsin's uh, other options in the passing game just has not uh, has not been able to you know, become a consistent uh, presence in that part of the game. He's had some drops, uh, some other you know misconnections, things like that, and so it's hard to you know expect an offense to be at its best when your best player can only be out there on first and second downs. And you know, when you're not racking up long drives and creating more you know, opportunities for him to be out there, I mean, you're just, you're going to be kind of limited unless you can make plays uh, through the air. And you know, so far the Badgers just have been able to do that. Yeah. Limited and predictable too. It's, you know, it's been, it's been a theme and it's been a help of pro football focus where, you know, Taylor plays, let's say 30 snaps and 24, you know, seven of those are run plays to him. So, yeah. you know, when, when Jonathan Taylor's in the game, you know, there's a there's a really good chance that he's going to get the football. Which, you know, obviously he's he's their top you know playmaker on offense. But uh, you know, it, it makes it that much more predictable. And at the same time, you know, with Jack Cohn in the game, you know, you're you're loading the box and and just begging him to throw the football. So you know, when when Taylor's in the game, you know, throughout the season it's an indicator that he's absolutely going to get the football. So, um, you know, again, it, it, can Wisconsin get a little bit more creative? Can they, can they do things to, to try to ease Jack Cohn into the passing game? Uh, you could go on and on and on about, about that, but um, it's like you mentioned, John, you know, when he, when he's on the field, he's, he's going to get the ball. And I think that makes, you know, Wisconsin, uh, you know, very predictable. And again, that that's my opinion uh, at the same time, you know, how much do you want Jack Cohn actually throwing the ball? Um, right. So you, Wisconsin's kind of in, in between a rock and a hard place there um, where, you know, you could kind of discuss and analyze and go back and forth about, you know, what's wrong and what's right. But uh, <laughs> there's just there's just a lot to talk about right now with, with this football yeah. team. Yeah, and I think uh, the, the, the most surprising part, honestly, is that, you know, at this point of the season, you're looking at it and, it's, and you know, it's pretty obvious that the – the inefficiencies um, on the offensive side of the ball really seem to be what is holding this team back. And if you had told me that that was going to be, you know, the, the problem this year and not, you know, a, a defense that not only had to, to break in, you know, a lot of new starters and, you know, have guys that were, you know, really young in their, their college careers um, get some significant playing time. Um, but that if you were to tell me that it was the offense and not the defense, that, that was the problem, especially when you consider, you know, how many uh, injury issues the, the, the defense has had to deal with over the last couple of weeks. I mean, yesterday against Penn State was the first time since, uh, gosh, uh, it must have been the uh, maybe the Iowa game or uh, somewhere, something like that where they had their full um, complement of, uh, you know, regular starters in the secondary because they had to play without Scott Nelson for a couple of weeks. Uh, Dakota Dixon had been in and out for a while until he came back last week against Rutgers. And, you know, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries at, at corner and, you know, having to mix and match some of those young players. And then, you know, obviously they, they've had to deal with all, all sorts of injuries on the, 
the defensive line, even going back to, you know, in the preseason, uh, losing some guys and, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle has been hobbled uh, for a time during the season. If you told me that, you know, the, the defense would be the one taking the steps forward and, you know, and it, the offense was the one holding it back, I, I would have been very surprised. Yeah, you know, going back to, you know, fall camp and the, 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 the talk during that time, you know, is this, you know, going to be Wisconsin's most prolific offense ever? Are they going to score 40 points a game and just – Yeah, it seems kind know, of – it seems funny now. <laughs> you know, the gap between that conversation and, and where they're at now is, is just is just amazing. Um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, them having the best offensive line in, in the country. I think that that is obvious now that, that, that that's not the case. Uh, you know that maybe that's the unit that's the most surprising to me. You know that's a yeah. veteran group full of guys who you would expect to play uh, on Sundays. It's you know I guess the one of the most telling things from from the Penn State game was Paul Chris was asked uh, yesterday something to the effect of you know is it is it coaching or you know what is you know what causes these guys to you know have those mental errors and he said you know no it's it's the guys that jumped and. Um, you know, I think a couple of people, you know, just on Twitter and stuff like that were, were upset with that comment, but you know, Chris isn't a guy that, that throws people on the bus. You know, he's no. a very much where he says, you know, it starts with me, it starts with me. But, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that, especially when you're talking about upperclassmen across the board there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's on them. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. Yeah. The, um, I, I think that's that's definitely the the place that I think you you might hone in on a little bit just because I mean you know, the the quarterback situation is what it is um you know injuries are gonna injuries are gonna happen the Badgers have been lucky in that they really haven't had to deal with uh some you know significant injury issues to that position um I mean like you think about last year where they would have been uh if Alex Hornerbrook had had to miss uh you know a get you know two and a half games really uh that would have been uh, that would have been pretty ugly, uh, and so I mean, like you, they just injury issues crop up. But you kind of to to be a football team that wins the games that you expect to win, you need your um, your upperclassmen and your you know kind of senior leaders to be the ones that are you know stepping up and making these big plays. And you know, you had that series uh, against Penn State where um, you know it was right at the end of the third quarter, and they were only down by nine, I think, at that point. And it's like you need. So it's only a two score game. You have a full quarter and three timeouts. And how do you start that, you know, that drive at the end of the third quarter was, you know, false start, you know, an illegal snap or illegal procedure, uh, another false start, you know, basically on three plays. And by the end of it, you've done three plays and netted zero yards and you're you're punting the ball away. And I mean, that's, um, that's, that's just not something that you can afford to get, you know, out of a, an experienced group like that and still expect to, uh, to win, you know, the, the important games on your schedule. Right. Again, it's, there's a lot to mull over here. Um, you know, you, you look at the next two weeks, you got Purdue and Minnesota. Um, you know, you felt like, man, they're going to lose to Purdue as you're watching that, that Northwestern game, or I'm sorry, that, that Penn State game, but then they get blown up by Minnesota. So Yeah, that was surprising. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know, you Wisconsin can win the next two games, but if they were to drop the next two, only because it just they're so – one-dimensional on offense and you know they, they can't convert on third down I, I so I don't know I, I anything nothing well let me say nothing would would surprise me over these next two weeks yeah I know I'm, I'm I'm on the same page I I expected Purdue to especially 
when um, Minnesota came out uh, after uh, they got blown out or, you know, not, not necessarily blown out, but they gave up, gosh, it was like more than 50 points to Illinois uh, the previous week and they fired their defensive coordinator. So I don't know, maybe you get some extra juice out of that, but uh, how they were able to stop what has looked like a, you know, a really explosive Purdue offense. I mean, like I, I just, the, uh, the big 10 West is just a, a big kind of heap of uh, mediocrity right now. <laughs> it's, I guess you know no, no result in any of these games you know, should really surprise anybody. So yeah, I guess I'll I'll be curious to see just how the um, how this Purdue game plays out this coming week, and obviously a lot of it is going to depend on you know whether Alex Hornerbrook is healthy enough to to get back onto the field because you know I think even if as long as he's healthy, that should you know you at least you lose the the um, the excuse of you know an uh, injury situation or that kind of instability under under center for. Um, for uh, whether or not you can make plays in the passing game. But I guess we'll just kind of have to see how, how that game plays out. Yeah, I'm done talking about football. <laughs> well, move on. Move yeah, why on don't, basketball. Yeah, let's talk about basketball for a little bit. Obviously, um, you know, the Badgers opened up their, their regular season um, on Tuesday last week with a uh, win over, uh, I think it's Coppin State. Uh, I, I, in, the, in, the, in my brain, I kept thinking it was like Choppin State, but it was actually Coppin State. Uh, Ethan Happ uh, was kind of the big story. He had a, uh, a triple double. Um, looked like um, things kind of opened up from uh, the Badgers being able to, uh, to hit some a lot of threes early in the uh, you know in the early going of that game, which kind of opened up the uh, the um, the front court to kind of uh, do some work. And Ethan Happ obviously uh, got his triple double with two free throws, which I think was uh, pretty uh, pretty meaningful for him, considering he uh, kind of struggled from the line last year. I guess uh, you know. D- d- it, is it fair to take away much from this first game? I mean, or is it, do we need to kind of wait, you know, a couple of weeks to kind of see if, um, you know, Wisconsin's offense has been uh, revitalized uh, compared to what it was last year? Yeah. You know, I think you can take a few things away. Um, I don't, you know, if, if you don't want to take anything away, I don't think you'll have to wait much longer. You might find out uh, on Tuesday what this team is made of when they go on the road to play uh, Xavier. Um, but, you know, it, I like how their lineup looks, you know, you know, there's stars with, with Trice and Davison uh, in the backcourt. I, I, I like that group. And Trice, uh, he shot real well against Coppin State. Uh, Khalil Iverson, you know, probably your best defender, your most athletic guy. And then, and then Reavers and Hap in the post. You know, that's, that's a good five. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how deep uh, guard goes with his bench. You know, if if Pritzel can be a shooter for you off the bench, I think that's huge because, the, you know, the team last year just – just couldn't shoot the basketball. Um, you know, you're getting a lean forward back at, at some point. You know, he's a guy that, that can play the three or the four. Uh, Kobe King off the bench is a scorer uh, with, with some athleticism there. So that's, you know, down the road you're looking at eight guys, uh, potentially Trevor Anderson and Ty Strickland too, uh, battling for time at point guard. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have some options. And, you know, you wonder if if they go to, you know, a Charlie Thomas or an Alex Ilya Kanan. Uh, for for some depth in the post there, so um, you know when you return all your guys, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, you know, mentioned Ethan Happ with the triple double, you know, a potential All American there uh, in the post. So um, you know, expectations are high for this team, and you know, I don't think I, you you can say that okay, this team's going to make the tournament based on what you said, what you saw against Coppin State. But um, you know, if guys can stay healthy and and guys can fit their uh, the, you know, play their role on this team. Um, I think Wisconsin can compete in the Big Ten, and I think they can get back to uh, 
to the big dance come March. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that I took away was just the how it it felt like Wisconsin's offense was just um, much more balanced than it was last year. I mean, last year with with the injuries that they were dealing with, you know, both with guys that were out for the season, and then obviously with Brad Davison only playing with uh, one healthy shoulder. I mean, it, it was really kind of just the just the Ethan Hap show, and when teams were able to, you know, kind of uh, double team him and shut him down. Um, you know, there wasn't much the Badgers could do, but you know, with even even without um, Aline Forb, and I, and I was curious to see you know what the rotation was kind of was going to look like uh, with him out. I mean, assuming you can get him back, that would be that would be big uh, for the team. You know, the next couple months or so. But um, I was I was impressed with how they looked when they went with a much uh, more guard heavy lineup. Honestly, I mean, I think that you know, it kind of what what you were talking about with Pritzel. I mean, like he's, he's a guy that has this reputation as just being a sharpshooter in practice. And we just hadn't seen that in, in the actual games over the last couple of years or so, but he was, uh, he was on fire for you know a couple of minutes or so from, uh, from uh, long range against uh, Coppin state. And, you know, you get him off the bench and, you know, Trice uh, has looked pretty good in the, the times that we've seen uh, him out on the court uh, so far this year. Davison looks healthy. Um, you know, Kobe King, I, I agree, is is going to be kind of a versatile weapon for them. And so I think uh, he's he's an example of somebody that um, will kind of give Wisconsin's offense an extra element, just because I feel like they now have some guys that, other than Hap, can kind of you know um, handle the ball and drive to the hoop and score. And I, I felt like that was a big problem that was missing from their offense last year. Is that like other than Hap, and then you know, some guys, you know, just taking some long three-point attempts. I mean, they just didn't seem to have anybody that could really drive and go after the basket. And I feel like that's going to be different this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think once you the dust settled from last year and you, you kind of looked at things, you know, with the graduation that they had on top of losing Trice and Kobe King to season-ended injuries on top of, you know, like you said, John, Davis had playing with the shoulder – um, you know, it, 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 what you saw last year is kind of what you, to be expected with, with as much transition and, and injuries as you saw. Um, so again, I think that's why, you know, uh, expectations are pretty high for this team this year. And you, you talked about, you know, Kobe King and, and Trice, you know, those are two guys who can score the basketball and they just didn't have that last year. Um, you know, Trice was, was good from three against Coppin State. Obviously that's not, you know, a guarantee that's what he's going to be throughout the whole year. But, you know, five for nine from three and uh, Pritzel was four for seven from three. So if they're able to shoot the ball, which I, what I said before, it was, was a huge weakness for them last year. Um, I think they're going to be good. Uh, they're, they're, you know, experienced and they're, they're pretty deep. Um, so again, expectations are pretty high and it'll be a good measuring stick against, against Xavier on Tuesday. Um, you know, even if they go and, you know, that's a game that they drop on the road, I think it, it'll be a pretty good litmus test for, for what uh, this team is built of uh, in, for this season. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other thing that, uh, you know, just something to keep an eye on uh, over these next, next uh, couple of games or so for them is uh, how does, uh, how does somebody like Nate Reavers play? Because he's, he's obviously um, you know, playing in his second season, focused a lot in the off season on um, kind of bulking up and, you know, putting on the weight that he really wasn't able to do during the season last year, since he was um, you know, forced to play a little bit earlier than the Badgers had hoped for. Uh, but there were times where he looked a little bit more comfortable kind of attacking the, uh, attacking the basket and playing in the post, you know, just as somebody that can kind of give the Badgers a little bit of, um, 
you know, muscle uh, closer to the closer to the hoop, especially when you have to rest a uh, hat for a couple minutes or so. Um, I think they're going to need somebody in addition to to hat that can, you know, just be kind of a threat uh, closer to the basket, especially since you're not really sure what you're going to get from uh, Charlie Thomas and Alex Lacanian this year. And so if, if um, Reavers can, you know, just kind of become a, even a little bit more of a presence and, you know, just take some of that focus off of Ethan Happ. I think that's uh, that's going to be my big key to watch over these next couple of games or so. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, Reavers is another guy who can stretch the floor um, if he's able to shoot from outside, which, uh, you know, you would expect he's able to do. And, you know, down low, he, he does look a little bit stronger. So, like you talked about, John, it will be important for him. Uh, to step in into you know playing those minutes if if they need to put Hap on the bench for 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 whatever reason if he's able to score in the post and you know probably more importantly defending the post um, I think Greg Gard would would love to go through a season without having to rely on on Charlie Thomas and, and Ilya Kanan <laughs> I think you know, Charlie can, you know, Thomas can give you little spurts where yeah uh, he's you know he's he's active and he he's strong he's a big body but he's not going to give you any offense so if you know if he can defend and rebound in in quick spurts for you. I think that's a bonus. Ilya Kanan, you know, I get you know it's a fresh start for him. You know, if if he can do something as a senior, I just don't. He has just looked timid and scared and just out of place. You know, throughout his career at Wisconsin, um, so I, I wouldn't imagine that he's a guy that guard would would hope to count on this this year. I think injuries would have to take place for for him to play a key role. So um, if there is a spot that you're looking at, maybe the the depth isn't there. Uh, necessarily in the front court, but uh, hopefully Reavers and, and Hap can give you what you need there. And you know, like you talked about, John, they, you know they play a lot of guards. I could see them using a lot of small lineups this year uh, with you know even someone like Khalil Iverson at the four, you know Kobe King at the three. Yeah, uh, I, I could see that a lot of guard heavy lineups this season. All right. Well, I think that'll probably do it for for our uh, basketball talk. We'll obviously discuss a little bit more after we uh, get some more get some more data points on this team. But why don't we close things out by uh, talking about some uh, some football? But football recruiting, uh, we're, we're not going to go back to the football team right now. Obviously, the uh, um, football team has had a a string of good news uh, just from a commitment standpoint over the last couple of days or so. Uh, getting some uh, at least one high profile. Uh, prospect to commit and then they added a couple other pieces to their um, 2019 uh, football signing class so John why don't you kind of run us through um, the the guys that the Badgers have added over the last really last uh, nine or ten days or so yeah you know in recruiting uh, things kind of come in spurts and come in bunches and uh, Wisconsin uh, from November 3rd to the 6th they added four guys Uh, they started but, uh, you know, a guy that you thought was was most likely going to commit in uh, Maven Zhang Meta. He's a linebacker from, from Illinois. Glad you uh, pronounced that, not me. Yeah, I was I was working on the pronunciation before we get going here. Um, I'm pretty sure the Zhang Meta is correct. I'm not positive if Mema is, so I apologize if he's listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's a guy that's had a big senior season, Wisconsin offered. Uh, the week leading up to his official visit, and like I said, the writing was kind of on the wall that that he would commit. And then uh, I got word Sunday morning, I guess, that Skylar Myers is also on campus. Uh, he's projected to play on the outside, six foot four, about two hundred ten pounds. Uh, he committed over a handful of offers. Um, and you know, when you're looking at both of those two, I think it's fair to say they were, you know, Plan B options after Wisconsin missed out on a. And a few other linebackers that graded out a little bit higher on their board, but 
Uh, with that being said, Wisconsin's not afraid to be the first Power Five school uh, to extend offers to guys. Uh, both those guys, if you look at their senior tape, they played extremely well. Um, They're both, you know, hearing from a handful of other Power Five schools. So, uh, if you trust Wisconsin's evaluation process on those guys, um, you know, I think that that they certainly have a chance to be uh, contributors down the line. Uh, another guy that I, I think the writing was on the wall for is Stefan Bracy, uh, who committed. Uh, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. Um, he was a guy who was committed to Western Michigan. Wisconsin offered, and he flipped his commitment uh, to the Badgers. Uh, he's kind of comparable, at least in my opinion, to Marcus Graham, who they lost to uh, Stanford uh, earlier this month. Uh, about five foot ten, 160 pounds. Uh, he's a speed guy, and if you look at past, you know, just the past handful of recruiting classes with guys like Aaron Crookshank. Isaac Arendo, and even Dean Ingram in the, in this class, uh, the Badgers have put uh, more of an emphasis on on adding speed. And you know, Bracey's one of those guys. Uh, another guy who had a big senior season, and then uh, you know, the biggest piece by far, and uh, the the biggest guy in Wisconsin's recruiting board, I would say, was Rodas Johnson. Uh, they landed his commitment on the sixth. Uh, he had Wisconsin in his top three, along with Texas and Penn State. And he fills a big position need for the Badgers at defensive tackle. Uh, about six foot four, two hundred eighty-five pounds. Uh, like I said, he'll start at tackle, but uh, I think he's he's athletic enough, and he's, his wingspan is long enough where he could bump out to end if needed. And then you know you know John that you know Jim Leonard likes those uh, you know schemes where he's using just two de- down defensive linemen, and yeah, I think sure. I think Johnson fits very well there. So um, a huge get for Wisconsin. You know, rivals uh, two fifty kid. He's he's also the sixth the sixth four star recruit for for Wisconsin in this class, which is which is pretty impressive. And as it stands right now, they have the number twenty four recruiting class in the country. Um, if they were to finish that higher and in, inside the top twenty five, uh, that would be Wisconsin's highest ranked class uh, in the in the rivals dot com era or the internet area, I guess, which goes back to two thousand two. So. Um, you know, they, they have a couple more spots left uh, to potentially make a bang. But, you know, Rodas Johnson was an absolute huge get and a big credit to the coaching staff there. Do you think that he's uh, one of these guys that, considering their um, depth at uh, nose tackle and defensive end next year, do you think that uh, Johnson's somebody that could come in and play right away? Because uh, obviously they, you know, kind of did that with Bryce Williams last year. And obviously we saw that. With the uh, the season-ending injury to uh, Olive Sangapolu, uh, he's been kind of pressed into a starting role a little bit earlier than they thought. Uh, and with you know nobody in that uh, this most recent, um, or I guess he'll he'll just be a sophomore, so they won't have any uh, redshirt freshman uh, defensive uh, or nose tackles, I should say, for next year. So I'm guess I'm curious as to if any of these guys that are coming in for the defensive line could be expected to uh, contribute right away next year. Yeah, you know, I look at um, Rodas Johnson and Keanu Benton as guys who have a chance. You know, they're they're not guys that you need to get on campus and add a ton of weight to. Uh, you know, John, Keanu Benton's pretty similar at six foot four and about two hundred ninety pounds. I think he's a little bit more technically sound. Uh, you know, he's played the defensive tackle position, you know, all throughout his high school career. Uh, in his wrestling background, he's one of the top wrestlers in the state. I think he finished. Uh, second in the heavyweight division last year in division one so uh, he uses his hands real well he's got good footwork and i think he's a little bit uh, you know in terms of technique ahead of johnson 
uh, because Johnson played offensive line for the bulk of his high school career. He bumped over to defensive tackle as a senior. So uh, he's a little bit more raw, but, you know, his upside could be a little bit higher once, you know, Anoki Brechterfield gets him uh, on the practice field, and, you know, working with his hands, working with his technique, uh, and all, all the stuff that goes into that. So I think both of those guys um, have a chance to play right away, and, you know, a lot of that goes to what you talked about, John. You know, they're graduating Song of Polo, and they have Bryson Williams there, uh, and, you know, there's not a whole lot behind him. So that you know, it kind of goes back to what I said, why, you know, a guy like Rodas Johnson was so important because they're so thin there. So I think both of those guys, um, at least one of them, I, I would imagine is going to have to play some snaps next year uh, as a true freshman. All right. Well, we'll see if that pans out. I just, I, and I, re- I just went through all of the uh, Wisconsin uh, football commit and uh, team classes over the last couple of years. I think uh, unless I missed something, six um, four stars or higher would be the, uh, the most uh, of um, the, you know, really highly touted prospects that the Badgers would have signed in one class uh, in the, uh, the rivals.com era. They've had a couple of times where they had uh, five, it looks like, but six would be a new record for them. That sounds right. Um, I'd have to look back, but yeah, I don't, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of a time where they've had that many four-star guys. And, you know, you could make an, uh, an argument that a guy like Julius Davis or, or Leo Chanel should be four-star kids. So yeah. uh, we have another rankings period coming up. Maybe one will get bumped up, but again, a guy could get bumped up too. So there's a long way to go. Uh, but right now I think there's a lot to be excited about in this 2019 class. Uh, despite the production uh, actually on the field right now. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us on uh, this week's edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, I want to thank you again for uh, dropping by and listening. We will come back and uh, talk more Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting uh, next week. So thanks again for listening. We will talk to you later.